Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't call the boss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Any man fancy a you, sir? Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. Check it out. Get ready. Oh, we're on. Hello, Matt. Hello, Cam. Welcome to the afternoon. Yeah, thank you. Rather good to be here. Um, yes, welcome to the afternoon here at 3 Triple RFM. Science boys, thank you. And ladies. Yes. Science All. people. What's happening? Yeah, science humans. I, I, yeah. I think. I have found now the mm-hmm. best way to address a group is to say, hello, humans. Hello, people. Yeah, people, humans. It's good. It's interesting how uh, uh, decades of just learned uh, behaviour, it takes a bit of an effort just to sort of Ugh. override and, and, and deliberately degender. It's good. It's progress. It's progress. It's we're, good. we're moving on through. And uh, yes, and you, dear listener, have joined us and you've moved through to the afternoon. Yes. And you are here. And you know what? We are all a quiver. We there's a flurry of excitement. There's here. a frisson of ex- expectation because it's and you, you know you've probably been hearing this from every other show too on Triple R. But today's a very mm. special day for us here at Eat It on Triple R because Cameron, uh, we have Professor Ben New, Addy Kari, who is uh, uh, part of uh, Food Innovation at RMIT. Yes, and he is in our green room. He's actually in the he's building. Actually in the, I don't know if he's actually monitoring the show. No, he's just... Um, uh, but he's got a glass of water in front of him. Yes. And he's going to be coming in. And we are going to be talking uh, about um, emerging food technologies, oh. which is really, really cool. Yes. 
What do you mean? And, and we got him before the scientists could get him too, <laughs> which is even better. And then I've turned off their microphones so they can't hear us. And I suspect you're not, you're not just talking like thermomixes. You're talking better tech than that, I'm assuming. Uh, the perfect espresso machine. That's right. Oh, That's what he's coming in nice. to talk about. No, he's not, Dorothy <laughs> Dixon, man. Uh, we're going to be specifically talk about the rise of plant proteins. Yes. Um, the rise of algal proteins. Oh. Um this one kind of does my head in because mm. I can't quite conceptualise of it. 4D printing. Whoa. There you go. There, <laughs> Matt, that is good. Matt's eyes went to, well, I, I, to the left and upward, which means he's accessing um, parts of his brain Look, I appreciate unknown. the con- – I mean, all printing is 4D well, – all 3D printing is 4D printing because it takes time. So, Oh, that's good. But uh, I'm sure the good professor will speak about this far more eloquently than me just banging on. You betcha. That's why we got him to come in and I didn't just go, Matt, what do you think? <laughs> give us your hot take yeah. on 4D. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> uh, and we're also going to talk about polyphenols um, as well. These are uh, things that um, – uh, about uh, getting the right sort of oxygen to your blood, which is uh, mm-hmm. has benefits and ramifications on health. Can we start with just a definition of the polyphenols just for this dumb guy over this side of the console when the, when the time comes? You betcha. Thank you. You got it. You got it. And, um, yeah, we will be doing that. And um, as well as that, mm-hmm. how many Balinese dishes are in your repertoire? None. Come on. Tell me. Oh, you told me. Yes, none. Um... <laughs> That's that's that's. Has that got to change? That's not a lot. Yeah, no, that's quite significant. I thought less you might have said one or two. Like, you've never made a gado gado. No. <laughs> Don't you look at me with a you, Matt's with slightly defiant look, going. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. All right, we'll, we'll um, work with me on this if <laughs> sure. you would. Um, I would say most of us mm. out there that. Have a go at cooking, you know. Other, not to say some, you some more open-minded people. Yeah, yeah more open-minded, <laughs> right-thinking people in yes. the world out there um, might think of. Yeah, I've done nasi goreng. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Might have done gado gado. Yes, yes, no, yeah, mm. no. Um, and maybe even a mi goreng, where oh, yeah. instead of the rice, you put in, you know, noodles. Mm-hmm. And that's probably it. Mm. Yeah, that's probably it. Are you saying there's more to it than that, Ken? I I say to you that there's probably hundreds of years yes. of, of culture, Matt. Yes. Of reminiscing and how it expresses its environment and intent. I often find it's interesting how, not willfully, but how ignorant we are of Indonesia. Yeah, in exactly. Australia. It's the fourth largest country in the world and, and one our of our closest, closest neighbour. Our closest um, Southeast Asian neighbour. We don't know anything about them. It's Not it's, really. It's, yeah, it's... It's better. Well, let's try and correct some of that slowly on the show today. What a great idea. Yes. Luckily, I have our guest here. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, and uh, where have I written it down in my running sheet? I haven't in the, uh, in the intro, which is, uh, is terrible. But we have an interview via Skype. Yes. So not only do we have somebody in the studio, we've got someone on a TV. Gee, screen. I hope it works. Shh, don't you stop it. <laughs> um, and his name is uh, Wayan Kresnayasa, mm-hmm. and he's co authored with uh, Chok Maya. Uh, uh in Bali, um, promoting a soon-to-be-published book called Pay On by Hardy Grant, Real Balinese Cooking. Mm-hmm. So they say, here we go, just as a little sizzle reel. This is the sizzle. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> more than a place to cook, a paeon is an altar, an apothecary, and a bridge to the natural world. With the hands of the cook join forces with the earthly and heavenly elements to create nourishment, healing, and connectivity to the universe. So I would say we've come a long way from the Vesta meal of the Nasi Goring in yes. this. Yes. There's intent. There's stuff behind it. You see where I'm getting at there, yeah. man? You see where I'm getting at? Uh, so, yeah, that's. I, I think that could be an interesting chat. looks like a fabulous book. Yes. And um, for those that look at uh, broadening their horizons, mm-hmm. looking at you. and For those whose horizons could afford to be broadened. Somewhat. Maybe uh, stay tuned for the next hour. Yeah. 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 And for all the rest of you people, just keep banging those rocks together. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to say that, Ronnie. Yeah. I finally got my wish. So, yes, that's uh, that's what's coming up, and we've got a little bit of uh, music. We've got uh, the foot back on the fold-back wedge. Mm. Yeah, we do a little bit, Matt's here. Mm. Yep, yep. I played a little bit of Ricky Lee Jones while you were away. Oh, nice. I was in a pretty defiant mood last week. So I hear. Yes. Apologies uh, retrospectively. Yeah, who do I? There's probably people I need to apologise to because <laughs> I'm still dealing with a COVID tale. Yeah. Uh, a tale of so big it is, COVID. So it's, it's clinging on to you, isn't it? Like, you know, it is. Yeah. It is. And, and what really annoys me are people who, I don't know what gene set they have, but mm. you know, I know there's someone who's a dear old friend of me who can be slightly annoying too, who... You know, said, I was fine after a couple of days. Are you still sick? You know, with that. <laughs> you know, you, did you get the tone? Yes. Yeah. I think we saw that in the federal politics arena this week where, you know, Scott Morrison was, was just just mentioning that he did a press conference the day he got out of isolation. And so uh, surely that would reflect poorly on anyone else who might have got COVID and didn't. But let's not descend into politics. My, my lips are sealed, man. <laughs> My lips, they are sealed. Yes. You are listening to 3 FM. We were just doing the intro there. Uh, it's about 12.10 here. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, what do I want to talk about? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, forward promote something that's happening right now. Right now, but you can't get... I've got it too. I've got it too. We're, wave, mine. we're waving the flyer around in the studio. Hold it up to the microphone so you can read it. Yep, because uh, there are no more sleeps left. Uh, because uh, there's something that if you you know if you're sort of around northern suburbs or if you're game enough to travel across the arrows, yes. some are. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm really throwing you some shade today. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. here, aren't I? I'm here, hey, Brunswick. Hey, I made it. Uh, the ricotta festival is on. And um, that's uh, brought to you by That's Amore Cheese. And yes. uh, if you don't know about That's Amore Cheese. Um, the patron of that is a guy by the name of Giorgio, who is a beautiful, beautiful human being, mm-hmm. and um, those these beautiful, big, soft hands uh, make the most glorious stretched yeah, nice. white cheeses. He was the ones that, that had years ago brought a lot of the the handmade mozzarellas mm-hmm. um, and things, and made them mainstream. Really, yes. <clears throat> so, and he also makes a Wicked cannoli. Oh, no. Like, wicked. Like, <laughs> if you want to really, the motivation, yeah, why should I go there for, for white cheese? Yeah, okay, yeah, it might be good with olive oil and a little bit of salt and some pepper and some beautiful bread and, yeah, but really? And you go, 
No, go for the cannoli. 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 It's on today. You probably should get in the car right now. Um, it's on until 3 p.m. today. It's in Thomastown. Yeah. 66 Latitude Boulevard in Thomastown. It is ticketed, so go to thatsamorecheese.com.au. Um, if you feel something to do this afternoon, good afternoon to be getting out and, and I don't know, just trying something a bit different. Yeah, so... Dappled late autumn and, sunlight. Uh, and if you didn't catch that address, which was 66 Latitude Boulevard, Thomastown, uh, just type it into your search engine. Ricotta Festival. Yeah. you get there. We used to say search engine of choice, didn't we? We don't do that much anymore. No, there's a few to choose from, though. Yeah. Yeah. 12-12. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking, no, we should probably not go. We are wasting time. <laughs> if Stephen Walker was still around, he'd be going, he'd be slapping me across oh, the we'd ears. Oh, we'd be long gone. Oh, we'd, go, we'd be so gone. Sorry, Stephen. So, Stephen, Stephen sorry. Um, his, uh, his influence is still here. God bless <laughs> you, the ghost. 12-12, 12-13. And our guest is in the studio. Did I mention we had a guest? I'm excited. Yeah, let's... Did you want to briefly touch on your uh, trip down the highway? I, yeah, uh, yeah I, I suppose briefly. Um, I'm lucky enough to be going into regional Victoria tomorrow. Um, ah, yes. Taking um, a few people from the liquor trade uh, to promote Drink Victorian. Yes, where are you going? Ah, we're going to uh, yeah, you're going to Be- the Bellarine. Yes. Oh, that's east. Yes. Uh, yeah, Bellarine and Geelong area. So yes. we're going to drop into places like Anthogen. Um, we're going to Scotchman's Hill, a whole bunch of places. And uh, it's going to be over two days, so I'm really looking forward to that. But I thought I'd do a recce. Yeah. Uh, first of all, just to, you know, do the route and yeah. meet people that should be met. So, yeah, that that was um, a lot of fun and probably uh, one of the highlights um, was going to the Temple of Chicken Pleasures. Uh, vegetarians, turn off your radio now for a sec. Yes. Because uh, um, the, the Hot Chicken Project, mm-hmm. Aaron Turner's um, place in Hipster Central, in Geelong. So, have you been there yet? Little, I have little not, not been to Little Mallop Street. I really should do it this year. Now that we can actually travel again, yeah, should take advantage of that and go and check because um, there are good things happening in Detroit. Detroit, absolutely. Uh, a lot of boys with beards. Yep. Noticing. Yep. Especially in Little Mallop Street. Yep. Um, but great restaurants um, in there. And, um, yeah, I'd say the, the Hot Chicken Project, which has been open now for about three, four years, I've only been there about three, four times, mm. but each time it's just been so memorable because um, I think it's the greatest, the finest fried chicken in this country. Whoa. Whoa. You did actually say to me before the show, this is the this is the best chicken anywhere in Australia. Mm-hmm. So- well, I, I can certainly say Victoria. Yeah. Because I've tried a little bit of fried chicken and... It's one of those places that spoils you because you just can't eat anywhere. Else. It is. It's like flying business class, isn't it? When you get a, it's like when you get a really good ramen or a really when good you, foot. You when, just you yeah. can't just have the the average stuff anymore. No, no. It's and Jesus, a lot of average fried chicken around, including some uh, multinational. Yes. Oh, the large names are not very nice. <laughs> They're bloody awful. Yes, they are bloody awful. Mm. And uh, notice that I did not use the word pass because uh, no. And the, and the reason why is I've, I refuse to use that now because I've been scolded, right. and, and rightly so. Yes. So, see, <laughs> even though I alluded to it, I did not use it. So if you want a good piece of fried chicken, Hot Chicken Project in Geelong, 
Cheetrite, Little Malib Street. Bit of a trek for us Melbournians, but hey, the, the Geelongians are used to doing it the other way. So. Oh, the Geelongians, they can get a Deliveroo. I was looking at these Deliveroo bags and going, <laughs> you bastards. It was like a bit of a, a South Park thing. Anyway, we're tarrying a bit because we uh, need to get on to our yes. guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. It's the 1st of May. Triple R. It is with quivering pleasure. We've, we've just this, this enormous, enormous uh, uh, amount of happiness that I can say. Live in the studio, uh, we have all the way from RMIT and has driven in all the way from South Morang, so double tick there, uh, Professor Benu Adikari. A very, very good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon. It's great to see you. <laughs> Um, now we um, we also have to thank uh, uh, our compatriot from Three Triple R FM, uh, Elizabeth McCarthy. Elizabeth, if you're listening, thank you uh, for flicking through the email um, and to say that uh, you have been working in the RMIT um, edifice, we could call it there, um, in uh, on Swanson Street. And uh, your mastermind subject is uh, food technologies and emerging food technologies. And I think it's very, very exciting. And we managed, actually, first of all, it's good that we managed to snavel you and Dr. Shane didn't get to get you from uh, Einstein and Gogo. But first of all, um, the world of food technology, how did you emerge into it and, um, and how long have you been doing it? Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, I, I am in uh, continuously uh, in research and development and teaching mm-hmm. in a food technology area uh, since I graduated almost, uh, you know, 30 years ago. 30 years. Hey, can it, I ask you just very, um, if I can ask, please, could you speak a little bit closer into the microphone? Because then what that does, it becomes a little bit more intimate. Yes. So 30 years you've been at RMIT? No, no, I'm not in RMIT 30 oh, years ago. I'm at RMIT 8 years. Eight years yes. from now, I started in uh, <coughs> late uh, 2013. Yes. So before that, I was at Ballarat University. Now we oh, call okay. Federation University. Yeah, and and there was uh, again food chemistry, food technology has always been your thing. Yeah, food. Uh, the science of food uh, uh, is quite di- uh, diverse. Yeah. Now, right. Huge. So you have got engineering of uh, food, chemistry of food, yes. the nutrition of food, yes. uh, sensory uh, yes. of food. There are different uh, small small disciplines. Yes. When you integrate them, it becomes the food technology as a whole, as a discipline. Yes. Right. This in the and the bracket that that rules them all type thing, we could say. True. One bracket to rule them all. And um, so so far as RMIT has uh, been going, uh, what sort of things have you been working on and uh, what sort of things have you seen uh, emerging? First of all, what are you working on now? Uh, Yeah, RMIT uh, has got uh, very strong uh, industry-driven food technology. Sometimes in Australian public, I I say, confuse about uh, home science and the food technology. Mm. Food technology is about the industrial food technology, where the manufacturing is large, large scale. And we look into from the molecule uh, scale to the product scale. Yes. It is uh, down to molecule. 
yes. atoms to from, the very from, big food that yes, we eat. Yes, from the from the molecule to the to the actual factory floor. So, yeah. So uh, um, at RMIT, what we do uh, is especially we have got uh, many colleagues specializing in different area. What I do uh, is basically in a plant protein area plant polyphenols area mm. and engineering of 3D and algal protein. So mostly emerging emerging proteins Yes. Uh, in terms of the pu- public perception because they are already there, well, there in nature, right? Mm. But we are now harnessing them. So, uh, so it's like a rediscovery and, and, yeah. and, and uh, discovering aspects of them that are helpful to us as humanity. It's true, yeah. Mm. So I can explain to them one by one. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's take a start. And uh, first of all, the one that seems to be um, getting the most traction in the eyes of the public would have to be the rise of uh, plant proteins. Um, I can say myself, I had my first plant-based hamburger, plant plant burger, uh, the other day, and it was pretty good. But that would be one of the first. So, yeah, plant proteins. Yeah, plant proteins um, are an amazing thing because we need protein for our health, mm. our growth, metabolism, right? Need those amino that, acids, animals. Hey? Amino yeah. acids. Yeah, it is built from amino acid and uh, it goes to, uh, you know, just like secondary uh, structure, tertiary structure. It becomes complex. Right? Yeah. Protein uh, amino acids are just like, you know, uh, very building blocks. They organize very different way to to have the diversity of protein, yes. right? The plant protein and animal protein, all that. So, do, what they, do they look sort of similar when you look at them microscopically? No, they they don't. Com- completely uh, different. The proteins are even in the plant. Every plant has got different protein uh, structure. Yes. Right. In in terms of the composition. Yes. Uh, in terms of the physical structure, I yes. say. Right, just like when you look into them, them in a three D three D setting and four D setting, what happens? Oh Jesus! Uh, I was looking at so three D and you've yeah. just changed. So yeah. our body then basically, mm. when you take them, it basically breaks down the way it wants. Mm. Uh, it can break down to amino acid. It can break down to peptides, uh, and then derive the function. Yes. Yeah. So in a, uh, I started my plant protein research when I was Ballarat University uh, in 2010. Look at we you ahead of the curve. With, yeah. We start with the lentils. The whole idea at that time was that, uh, you know, I came from Nepal. So, and many people there and, uh, and also south side of Nepal, India, are vegetarian, mm-hmm. vegan. Yes. So the plant uh, lentils proteins are very big mm. for them. And sort of understood. Yeah. Therefore, sort of, yeah, uh, there's an understanding of it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, lentil protein. We looked into the research. Uh, flaxseed protein. You, you know the flax. Flax. Yes, the the, the, the flax the, oil and the yes. flaxseed protein. Canola yes. protein. Yeah. Now hemp protein. Yes. So they are different. Yes. So very interesting thing is that my research in the plant protein is also driven by uh, by to help out contribute to the sustainability. How it comes to sustainability, if you see, give you an example of the hemp protein, right? They squeeze the hemp in the oil, mm. cold press it. Yes. The remaining, the real protein, they call a cake or meal, yes. goes to the cow feeding or yes. cattle feeding. But that is the real gold. Mm, so S- same why, why should the cows have all the fun? <laughs> yeah, that is true. Right. So uh, same way the canola, 
Mm. Australia is a canola growing country. If you drive to ইউটিলাইজেশনিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিটিট
Yeah. You have to convert the protein into powder before you can just do secondary, uh, you know, manufacturing. Just like yep. use as an ingredient. Mm. Okay. Well, that's um, so. From uh, uh, plant proteins, from what we normally we were thinking, obviously, is the the plant based burger that some of us have tried to move on to more plant in into our diets. To you, you utilizing something that would be otherwise quite expensive, and um, and I would imagine there would be a great cost saving in developing a potato protein to make. It's used as an emulsifier, yeah? Uh, I have to tell you that, as I say, in potato, you have got just 2% of protein, right? You have to concentrate it. Mm. Let us say so 80% in your powder yes. or 90% in the powder. Yeah. Same way in the milk, you have to uh, you know, concentrate it. Yes. So uh, every protein has to be concentrated to be, uh, make it effective. Otherwise, it is mixed with something else yeah, well, that you, you don't want. Well, so it's just a bloody mess. The purity mess. is not there, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, that is a very important aspect. One thing, though, mm-hmm. one thing I have to tell you, though, just like uh, uh, we have to also look into uh, when we are talking about the plant protein, we have to also think about this, their nutritional aspect yeah. and the, how the human body absorbs it. Right? That, this is very important. So animal proteins, egg protein and cow's milk protein mm. are the best for the absorption to the body. Gotcha. Now, what about algal proteins? Yeah, algal protein uh, have, for example, almost similar uh, trait. Uh, you know, it depends on the what sort of algal, right? It, mm. Not all the algal protein are similar. Yes. Right. But what we have seen, some of the protein, for example, this is the protein I have brought to you. Yes. It has got ability to absorb uh, in a body almost similar to, just like uh, uh, we call it is a good protein. Yeah, right? there is a classification of you can claim as a good protein or excellent protein. Mm. Right, this is a good protein. Yes. So if our body can ob- absorb up to a, a scale of hundred in terms of the essential amino acid. Yes. Right, uh, it is it is a very good protein. Mm. Well, many plant protein though we have to modify so that they become to make ob- them into the good proteins. Good yes. Protein. Yeah, yeah. You, and so I would think that it would appear to me that algal proteins would be uh, more good proteins because they seem to be more in their composition and more proteins, amino acids in their composition. Would that be a, 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 a fair observation? Uh, uh, in my opinion, what I think is that we have to see which uh, uh, al- algal species we are talking about. Yes. Right? So it depends. And Australia is uh, 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 houses or grows naturally grow many protein. They, they are very highly nutritious. Mm. For example, the spirulina protein. I was going to say spirulina. Yes, because uh, that's a powerhouse, isn't it? Yeah. And there is another protein just like uh, n- nanochloropsis. Uh, yes. the, the name is like that scientific name. It is nano... a green algae, yes. and mi- microalgae. It mm. is not a macroalgae. That's why you got the nano yeah. prefix. Yeah, got it. Yeah, it is also ha- has got very high protein content and a high, very good um, omega oil, omega-3 oil content. Have you worked out how to make it taste better? Because uh, spirulina is a challenging thing to to drink, is it not? Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, you can mix it with other things, and that's what yeah, obviously that, what yeah. you should do. If yeah. you put it in with a, like a banana smoothie, you don't really notice. Yeah, my, um, my bananas have turned green, you know. But 
Yeah, you know, the food, uh, we hardly eat very singly uh, isolated or purified food. Mm-hmm. It's always in the mix. Yes. Like you go to a restaurant, you don't just simply eat vegetable. I want a you tomato. Don't meat. Give me a tomato rice. and give it to me now. Yes. You just, uh, when you eat it, you try to mix. Yes. Especially in my culture, in Nepal, in India, mm. we put everything there, lentils and the meat and vegetable in one rice and mix it up and eat. Because we're looking for balance and harmony, <laughs> so, are we not? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yeah. And then that... That that goes too. So, but do you think there is um, a great future for um, algal proteins? Uh, there is a great future from sure. the point of view mm. of the uh, of the nutritional aspect. Yes, and also from the sustainability aspect because yeah, you can well, absolutely. grow the algae in a reactor. Yes. So and you can get the same quality of it. Yeah, got you. So, um, so if looking into algal proteins, I think that has a. A huge future when we uh, look at the increasing difficulty of uh, of rearing animals and uh, the amount of resources that have to be brought to bear to, say, make a pound of beef meat or chicken or whatever we are. Now, one thing that has just been doing my head in, and Matt's too, because we went, this seems to be a bit of a conundrum, 4D printing. Wow, can you do that? Is this... The time that it takes to print something? Uh, it, it is not the... That's what Matt said. Uh, no. The, <laughs> no, it isn't. 4D printing is an amazing thing. What happens uh-huh. is first you, uh, you print the uh, 3D in mm. any shape, any form you do. Mm. But you uh, you create uh, uh, the material such a way that it changes. But th- I, I'll give you one example. Yes. When you, you have got sun... Uh, you know the when you the sunflower. Think about sunflower. Okay, I'm thinking of sunflower. I, I am printing the sunflower there. Wow! Right? Yeah. So the 3D printing can print the sunflower. Mm-hmm. Can it make sunflower in the morning when the sun is in? It opens and the faces the sun. Yeah. Right? When the sun is not there, it just wilts. Yes. You, you see that? Yeah. So 3D printing, the 4D printing that does the same thing. Just like it can open, it can close. It can change the color. How? It can change the shape. How, we how are do, you doing that? How we do that is that you, you have the molecules mm. uh, printed such a way that they have got some sort of memory. Yes. That we call the shape memory. So the shape memory means you, you turn the shape in something else. So you can have, say, one or two states that it can revert or go to? Go to. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And also in the 3D, uh, 4D printing, there are a lot of things about the color. Yes. In the beginning, I have got a blue color, right? Yes. The material is blue when you buy it. Mm. Then after a certain time, I want to change it to uh, a red or a rose color. So whatever the consumer wants. So there is a time frame Mm. through which that changes occurs. So the shape memory thing, you're coming back to either closing form or opening form. Mm. Or, uh, so uh, pra- practically into the market, how uh, can you give us an example of something uh, that this might be might be good for? Uh, other than the, other than your excellent sunflower example, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, you know there are three uh, D printing, three D printed products are all uh, uh, around us. Yes, right? and more and more. In, in yes, terms of the things uh, and, and in a medical things and all that. But in terms of the food. Uh, at the moment, they are all in the research and development yes. phase. So uh, that's exciting. For example, the child, uh, you know, it doesn't like to eat. Mm. So you can just, a uh, uh, parent can say, okay, look, this thing going to change shape. 
onion changed into a dinosaur. Yeah, so then you, you are happy eating it, right? Ah, so yes. that sort of things to, to enticing the, uh, especially fussy eating people and things like that, uh, this concept will be very uh, interesting in a consumer sense. Yes. But the scientific, scientific point of view, it is, uh, you know, always uh, amazing. It must be amazing working in the laboratories all the time and, and being amazed by the power of nature and harnessing and understanding nature. I think that's one of the, the great things about what you do in the, the stage that you are on. Thank you so much for coming and having a chat with us. I think we might um, uh, need to keep an eye on you and what you've been doing in those laboratories and uh, perhaps get you back in the not-too-distant future. Thank you so much for, for having me here. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, you, you guys will visit our lab. Oh, really? <laughs> and, uh, all right. So, Ooh, okay. yeah, my, my eyebrows my just, just went up. Uh, <laughs> Professor Benu uh, Adikari from... Uh, I, I didn't get your title and I didn't tell anybody uh, I, this. I'm a professor of food science yes. at uh, School of Science, RMIT University. We have a very big uh, uh, pilot plant and research lab based in Bandura. Yes. It is $10 million. Uh, RMIT is adding... $10 million more, mm. initially $20 million, now going to be $30 million. It has got world-class research facility. We have got 40 more PhD students. We have got 100-plus undergraduates uh, and 50-plus masters. So it is amazing place what happens in there. So the, the hub of the I science would. mind, my God, the, uh, uh, that, that, uh, the mind boggles. Thank you so much for, for coming on. It's 12.42 here at 3 R. We're going to go to Bali after this. Well, we hope we will. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Thanks so much for being here. It means a lot. 12.46 here on 3 RRFM. And I'm just saying goodbye to our guest who was in the studio yeah. before, uh, which was a lot of fun. And now, um, just as good, uh, we use the, uh, the miracle of Skype to go to Bali, where uh, hopefully on the other end of the line <laughs> is uh, Wayan Kresnayasa, uh, co-author with uh, Chokmaya. Kerthyasa uh, in Bali to uh, promote a beautiful book about uh, Balinese cuisine called Payon. A very, very good afternoon where we are. I'm not quite sure what the time is where you are. Hello. Hi, Cameron. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to have a chat with us. I think that... Um, this book that is just about to be published um, by Hardy Grant in the next couple of days is so timely because um, we as Australians, I'm generalising, uh, know a lot about uh, a lot of Asian cuisines, but I, I think we've been a bit remiss in understanding uh, the ethos, the spices, the techniques um, behind Balinese food. Um. Yeah, so this uh, pound is uh, all about the uh, uh, Balinese uh, Balinese cuisine. Um, yeah, really, really uh, excited to uh, to share this uh, this uh, cookbook or uh, the knowledge to uh, everyone around the globe. Actually, this is uh, this is a timely thing. Now, um, you have. Uh... Uh, worked. There's two of you that have collaborated on this book, and I was just curious as to um, how you see your um, your powers working together. I mean, um, 
who brings what to this? First of all, there's you know there's the yin and the yang energy that's talking about this, but uh, are you two different people talking about the same thing? Same people talking about uh, you know different things, or how do you view each other, and how did you collaborate on this project? Well, basically, this book is uh, so I uh, do it with um, Chokmaya Kursiasa, and then uh, I'm doing the uh, the recipe de- developer, and then also uh, you know doing uh, uh, research uh, to the village, talking to the housewife, my mom, and then. Uh, Maya itself uh, talked to her grandmother, and then um, in 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 a palace in the bird, and then you know tried to uh, uh, cook with her grandmother and myself. And yeah. I went to Mr. Panida, and then uh, asked question to my mom, cook with my mom, and then uh, yeah, and then we put it on the book, and then creating this recipe. Sounds like a really, really beautiful um, collaboration. Now, uh, you have uh, a restaurant yourself, which is uh, garnering a lot of attention. So we should probably, first of all, uh, congratulate you on that. What was the name of that restaurant again? Thank you. So uh, my restaurant is a uh, home by Sep Wayan. Yes. Uh, it's a, it's a, so all the all the food that I do at my restaurant is basically come from the uh, cookbook yes. that I wrote with Maya. Uh, but I elevated a little bit to a bit of modern uh, presentation, but the flavors uh-huh. still really uh, traditional and authentic. Yes. Um, yeah. So and in uh, in uh, Changu area. Oh, where's that? Uh, Prenan area is uh, just uh, west of Changu. Yes. So it's really happening, uh, really happening at the moment in Changu. Uh, a lot of uh, chef and uh, restaurant, uh, small restaurants opening up. Uh, to welcoming all the international traveler back uh-huh. to the island, and and they're coming back. They are, they are coming back now. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of now. It's a lot of uh, traveler coming back to the island, and then uh, yeah, it's a really nice, really you know, so grateful to see the island get busy again. You know, like uh, all the travel really enjoy their uh, time. Come back to the yeah, island again. To, yeah, to finally, finally come back. You have, uh, uh, believe me, you have uh, been in the thoughts of many Australians who uh, uh, who hold a, a, a very, very fond uh, place uh, in, in Bali. But let's let's get down to the food. And I was wondering if, um, how would you? And this is such an open question, and um, I'm not quite sure how you're going to answer it, but uh, how do you define Balinese food? I mean, what is Balinese food? Well, um, well Balinese food is uh, um, first. Uh, we have the Balinese food for ceremony, and then we have the Balinese food for daily life. Yep. So um, most of the Balinese food, now that traveler find on the island is uh, normally we made we made that food is during the holiday uh, ceremony uh, temple ceremony um, wedding ceremony or all, all that all this kind of ceremony yes uh, the, the, uh, the big making making special food for the special events in life yes 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 uh, for example uh, Babi Guling for example. Who doesn't know Babi Guling? When people come to Bali, the one thing that they want to try is Babi Guling. 
So Babigulin is actually is I can say a holy food. Yes. Because we only made that uh, food that uh, Babigulin for offering, and then after the ceremony is over, then we uh, uh, share it with everyone to eat it together. We call it like uh, you know Magibung food for everyone. Like sit down together, have a chat, and then consume and eat whatever that we. Uh, uh, present for the ceremony, for the offering. Because then, uh, th- that's the thing about Bali. Bali is a, is a very, very deeply spiritual um, country, isn't it? And yeah. and and a lot of the... Uh, the I'm, I'm paraphrasing you here, and that a lot of the, the food or um, uh, the idea is that it's a, a bridge... To the natural worlds, where the the hands of the cook can join forces with the earthly and heavenly elements to create nourishment. I think that's beautiful. But uh, yeah, do you, you regard that as a, a true statement regarding the food? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really um, what do you call it? Like Bali is such a unique island. Uh, we have a u- unique culture, mm. and then uh, you know. We're doing everything from the heart. Like, I mean, everyone do everything from the heart, but Balinese is so, like, calmly, uh, you know, presenting, like, you know, in a, in a spiritual thing, like, you know, um, um, like, enjoy uh, what you're doing, like, a really uh, calm when you cook. Uh, uh, it's not worry about, like, adjusting recipe, not worry about, like, you know, always following the recipe. The recipe is just, you know, the base. Yeah. But uh, most, like, you have to be, like, come and feel the ingredient and then, you know, gather everything together, just make it delicious. And then by the end of the day, just make how you how we can make people happy. And is this sort of something that was, uh, that was taught to you by your mother? That uh, is this yeah. stuff that you followed from her instructions? Yes. It's really hard to get recipe from my mom, actually. Mm. She always tell me, like, hey, just cook from your heart. Like, you know, everything will be good. Yeah, I you can't know? tell you. I can't write it down. You just got to know yeah. it and feel it. <laughs> yeah, and then she always, like, you know, I will show you the ingredient, but just cook with your heart and then, you know, calm down and then, you know, thing will be great. You know, <laughs> thing will be taste good. <laughs> now, your, your, your mom sounds like a wonderful optimist. Yes, yeah, she a really good cook. Just shy. She yeah. don't even know that I wrote a cookbook. I just asked her, like, hey, mom, can you show me how to make a dog? Like, can you show me how to make straw soap? It's like, why? It's like, yeah, yeah, I want to cook. I want to be like you. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Just tell me how you did it. it that's, that's one thing. I mean, we, we talk about um, the there's a universal thing about food, about how um, food can be memory, and uh, and by doing things, it's a repetition of something that you've done many times before, and made even more profound when that's been passed down to you. And I was wondering if you could, might give us an idea of uh, what dish most reminds you of your mother. Uh, one dish that I really remind my mother is uh, uh, srosop, and then soursop. Yeah. Yeah, cross up and lead dog. Lead dog is like lead dog basically come from my grandmother and then my mom my mom and my auntie as well. So like I cannot get away from that dish. It was a really simple dish. 
you know, but yeah, and and then and then really really delicious, especially during um, rainy season. They're making like a um, like a porridge, but it's yeah, similar to porridge, but have so many yeah uh, other flavors, layers yeah. layers of flavor in there. Is that the, what you were looking for? It's a it's a you know it's a, in Bali we only have a two season rainy season and dry season. So my mom, my grandma always make that dish during uh, uh, the mid rainy season until the end of rainy season. It's the dish is a sweet corn or corn rice, uh, cassava, mm. a bean, and then the 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 one that making it really special or the secret ingredient is that uh, um, lemon basil. We call it kamangi in Bali. Lemon so basil. Bringing, you know, a great flavor, aroma. It's like, you know, by heard that, like when my mom said, oh, I'm going to make a dog for you. And then I was like, okay, give me now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, you know. Yeah. It's everything. Seafood, uh, mostly with seafood. Like you, uh, my mom always serve it with, you know, grilled seafood or, or, or uh, stir-fried seafood. Like anything seafood is great. Uh, company the the lead of this well look it's I think one of the great things about um, you publishing this book is that uh, you get Australians and the rest of the world um, as well to understand that there's more to uh, Balinese food than nasi goreng and uh, yeah. and me goreng and uh, yeah. and a gado gado salad because some <laughs> of us have got that in our in our repertoire pretty well sorry Matt um but we so look forward to seeing the book. It's going to be published on, I think, the 3rd or the 4th of May. Uh, it's good. May, yes. Yeah, it's uh, by Hardy Grant. The name of the book is? Uh, Pound. Pound, yes. Yeah, so Pound is uh, pound is the Balinese word for kitchen. It's, uh, yep. It is the uh, drive from um, the word aun, yes. which means asses. Yes. So everything that left over from cooking... In the kitchen, that's a pound. So aon is asses, and then pound where we cooking. So it's just like connect. The word is connect it's together. Uh, well, look, it has been a delight being able to uh, to head on over to Bali. And uh, please, my regards to your co-author. Um, thank you for spending the time with us, and um, I hope the book is a raging success. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It's been a Welcoming people to my place at home by Savoyan. Oh, God, we love that. Thank you so much. Matt, we've got to go. We uh, do. Indigenuity is uh, on next. Is on next. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you've enjoyed uh, having our live guest, Matt. Yes. It's been a pleasure a seeing your smiling face here. And we've had two invites to go places and see more people. What a wonderful thing. We have indeed. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.